Welcome to Pushback. I'm Aaron Maté. The Justice Department Inspector General has admonished former FBI Director James Comey. A new report criticizes Comey for drafting, retaining, and leaking memos about his private conversations with President Trump. Despite this conclusion, prosecutors declined to prosecute Comey. Joining me now is Stephen F. Cohen, Professor Emeritus of Russian Studies at Princeton and NYU, author of many books, including his latest, War with Russia, From Putin in Ukraine to Trump and Russiagate. Welcome, Professor Cohen. You said all along that the main story here when it comes to Trump and Russia is not any dealings between Trump and Russia, but actually the conduct of the intelligence officials like Comey who launched and oversaw the Trump-Russia investigation. Your response to this report criticizing Comey today? I don't think it's a surprise. Uh, I had heard uh, from a friend in law school, I don't want to name the law school because it would point to the person, but a friend of Comey was receiving memos from Comey to be leaked to the New York Times. This now seems to be confirmed by the charges or allegations against Comey. But what's of importance to everyone, I think, Aaron, at least to those of us who care about uh, the role of intelligence services in a democracy is that evidence mounts that for a very long time uh, American intelligence agencies under President Obama and not only American because they had allies among European uh, uh, intelligence agencies had, let's don't use the word plot, let's say campaign but a campaign to undo first the candidacy and then the presidency of Donald Trump. Now, here we come to a kind of political decision that people who loathe Trump have to make. What's more important to you? And I am talking mainly about Democratic liberals, but not only, because you've got all these never Trumpers in the Republican Party like, uh, like Crystal, William Crystal and the others, uh, what matters most, uh, a distaste or even hatred for Trump, but the real increasingly uh, documented possibility that American intelligence agencies were way off the reservation politically uh, before, uh, during uh, a presidential election. This is something quite extraordinary in a democracy. I won't say it's never happened before that it's among the worst things that can happen in a democracy. So I think we need to get to the bottom of it. I called it Intelgate a long time ago, and I suggested it was worse than anything uh, that we called Russiagate, allegations, which have remained only allegations, no proof has come up, that Trump had some kind of compromised relationship, sexual, political, financial, with the Kremlin. No evidence of that has appeared, but now we have plenty of evidence, more of it involving Comey now, that not only Comey, but the others, uh, intelligence chiefs under un, under uh, Obama, a Clapper and uh, Brennan, who was head of the CIA, that they were doing things they're not supposed to do in a democracy. Comey did some extraordinary things, including this uh, briefing he gave Trump shortly before Trump was inaugurated, telling him that the FBI was investigating this report or this allegation from the Steele dossier, this core allegation that the Russians had a compromising tape of President Trump in a Moscow hotel room uh, with prostitutes doing something of a sexual nature. I can't imagine how the Trump 
team took this, but certainly there is a legacy that this harkened back to of, of, J, of J. Edgar Hoover, the former FBI director, using his power to uh, investigate rivals and to gain leverage over, uh, over opponents. Comey chose to tell Trump the most salacious detail in the entire Steele dossier. We don't know exactly how Trump took that and what Comey's motive was, but it, it does raise some questions for me as to why Comey chose to tell Trump about the most explosive claim in the Steele dossier. Well, if I was Trump, had I been Trump, I would assume that Comey was saying, I can, I'm in a position to blackmail you. I have documents terribly compromising. Now, Trump would have been in a position to know uh, whether that, that, that reference that he had done something sexual with a prostitute in a Moscow hotel was true or not. But I think from Comey's point of view, he was telling Trump, I have leverage on you. Now, what, what Comey wanted, I don't know. Maybe he wanted to keep his job. Uh, maybe he wanted to prevent something he thought Trump would do to him. But it was bad. I mean, stop and think, Aaron. I mean, the head of the FBI goes to what Trump was then president-elect. Is that right? That's right. President-elect and say, you know, I've got sexually compromising information on you. This is not without precedent. Uh, I, even though you may, you're too young to remember, you've probably read about J. Edgar Hoover, who was head of the FBI, attempt to blackmail Martin Luther King with uh, sexual audio tapes or something. There was this episode about King having had a lover and Hoover having audio or something of it. But so, I mean, I wouldn't say it's an FBI tradition, but there was a precedent for what Trummy, what what uh, what Comey tried to do. I mean, I, I always found it puzzling that, that, I mean, it seemed Keystone Cop to me, <clears throat> and you have to be a little bit cynical, but not entirely. Trump's profession for decades had been running, owning and running hotels, correct? Correct. All right. He knew, if anybody knew, that in certain luxury hotels, certain luxury rooms might be bugged, audio and video, Correct. Correct. If that happens in the world of hotels, Trump would know about it, right? Trump is in a hotel in Moscow where the rumor is, I don't know it to be true, but everybody says, be careful what you do in a Moscow hotel room. Uh, so, you know, you have the red alert, so to speak, in a hotel that he doesn't control. And is it plausible that Trump would do anything with prostitutes in such a hotel in Moscow? It seems completely implausible to me from the beginning. And yet the media went with this story. Well, they did. And in fact, what's interesting is that that briefing that Comey gave Trump was, was then leaked to CNN. And after CNN uh, published a report saying that Trump had been briefed by Comey on this, that gave BuzzFeed then an excuse to publish the dossier in full, which then you know, put this whole, this whole Trump-Russia story at the front of the news cycle for the next you know, two plus years. So it seems not implausible to speculate that Comey's briefing to Trump actually was an effort to provide a news hook that could allow for that dossier to be published in full. Because and, and, and let us not be unduly cruel, the mainstream media bit big time. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was no attempt to verify, because at the basis of this was the so-called Steele dossier. Uh, they simply uh, went ahead 
first with rumors, then reports. I remember the day when the story broke on CNN, and it didn't stop for 24 hours. Yeah. And it was, you know, they kept using the word salacious. But I think it's fair to say that this was one of the worst moments in the history, political moments in the history of the mainstream media, because without the mainstream media, there never would have been this Russiagate. Mm. This was a media-driven story. They, they, their leaks were coming from the intelligence agencies. People in the intelligence agencies were directly calling uh, producers or reporters at CNN. We know who they were. And at the New York Times, and simply on the basis of some intelligence man or woman calling them on the phone, the newspapers and the networks went with these stories. So the shame is deep and widespread because, again, I repeat, without this media malpractice, there never would have been this Russiagate, which has jeopardized our national security for going on three years. I should say here that when we're talking about the leaks that led to the publication of the Steele dossier by BuzzFeed, it wasn't just Comey who played a key role in giving that briefing to President Trump. James Clapper also appears to have played a key role. A House Intelligence Committee investigation that was overseen by Republicans back when they controlled it uh, found that Clapper had spoken to CNN uh, and may have been the source uh, for, uh, for CNN reporting that uh, Trump received that briefing from Comey about the Steele dossier. And of course, what happened to James Clapper next? He went on to become a analyst hired by CNN. But let's talk about another uh, former intelligence official who's gone on to become an analyst, this time uh, at MSNBC, and his name is John Brennan, the then head of the CIA. You have said, Professor Cohen, pretty much from the start, that you think John Brennan, not James Comey, is the key actor here. I thought at the time, following the story as it was being reported, not only in the United States, but abroad, that Brennan's fingerprints were all over what we came to know as Russiagate. Uh, he's said and done nothing to discourage that perception. But let me remind you that when Trump went to Helsinki to meet with Putin at a summit, a practice established back in the Eisenhower era and meeting with the Kremlin leader at a summit somewhere became like a tradition, a ceremony, almost a constitutional obligation for American president. When Trump came home, President Trump, Brennan went on air and, and literally called it treasonous. Now stop and think. The former head of the CIA, correct? Correct. Goes on television and says that Trump's meeting with President Putin was treasonous. The assumption would be, because of who Brennan had been, that Brennan had secret classified or inside information to lead him to say that. He had none. He later retracted it. But the media ran with that story, too. I mean, the shame is wide and deep. I mean, it is unbelievable, unthinkable. I can't think of a president, a precedent where a former CIA chief made such allegations about a sitting president in American history. Maybe I overlooked one. I certainly, I mean, you're, you're the historian, Professor Cohen, and I, I take your word for it. I certainly I, I actually would like to say that I have my fingers crossed that we are going to have a real investigation into the origins 
of what came to be known as Russiagate. Now, Attorney General Barr says that he's going to do that. But first, we don't know how sincere he is. And secondly, even if he's sincere, whether he'll be permitted to do so. He's already complained that many relevant sources are not giving him the documents that he wants. And he doesn't seem to be talking about the FBI. He seems to be talking about the CIA. So even though Barr is Trump's attorney general, at the moment, the only hope we have, and it would be great if we could have a, a more independent inquiry, is that Barr tell us how all this began. And every, and by the way, one other thing, I would advocate immunity for everyone. No one should go to jail prior to the beginning of a new inquiry. If they perjure themselves new the, during a new inquiry, they should go to jail. But people shouldn't go to jail for what they did in the past. Otherwise, they'll never talk. And there's so much blame to go around. We don't want uh, revenge or, or, or we need to know how this happened in American democracy. Well, the problem with that is there are many people on the Republican side who do not agree with that. They want people to go to jail. They feel as if they've been subjected to partisan warfare using the intelligence agencies no. in Congress for over two plus years, and they want revenge. And this is why, you know, we talked about how Russiagate is not going away. You said this immediately, even after Mueller finished his investigation, that Russiagate was here to stay. Because now, actually, it seems, you know, and this report about Comey is an example of it, it's now the Trump side that is going to be on the offensive. That's right. But I would adhere to my position that everyone be granted immunity from prosecution or at least from jail time for anything they did. I mean, if they killed somebody, that's different, but we have no evidence of that. But for whatever perjury they committed and whatever rules they broke or laws they broke, in this Russiagate saga, that the slate should be wiped clean, but it starts anew with a real investigation. If they perjure themselves in the new investigation, then whatever the charge for perjury is, they should be subjected to this. Otherwise, we'll never get to the bottom of this. And if we don't get to the bottom of it, Aaron, uh, we will never know how it came about that American intelligence agencies and their European allies undertook a campaign, let's speak frankly, to destroy a presidential candidate and then a president. No matter how much you loathe Trump, uh, what they did trumps Trump hatred. This is far more important to our democracy. Trump will leave. This institutional abuse of power, this institutional uh, 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 being off the reservation by intelligence services, this can't be allowed to become an institutionalized part of American democracy. Otherwise, nobody's safe. Which candidate will be the next target? Stephen F. Cohen, Professor Emeritus of Russian Studies at Princeton and NYU, author of many books, including his latest, War with Russia, From Putin and Ukraine to Trump and Russiagate. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron.